Have you ever felt like, I know I should work out, but I just don't have time? Or maybe I want to take time to meal plan, but I get so busy and I just run out of energy at the end of the day. Between the kids, my job, not to mention being a wife, I just find it hard to carve out time for myself. Oi, listen, it is hard to find time these days. Life is busy. It's even harder to make ourselves a priority in our own lives. I mean, that feels kind of selfish, doesn't it? And there are so many other people that need a piece of our time and energy first. I'm not denying that. But at the same time, putting yourself last or even just somewhere near the bottom of your priority list is having devastating consequences for you. Whether it's in your health and how you want to feel in your body or your relationships with other people, or even more with your relationship with yourself. And that, of course, is at the root of all of it. Today, we are going to talk about one giant roadblock that so many of us struggle with when it comes to prioritizing ourselves. And it may not be what you think. What's that one obstacle that we all face? It's receiving. Yeah, so many of us are not good at receiving. So today, we're going to talk about one, why is it so hard to receive? And I'm, just, I'm not just talking about gifts, though that can be a thing too as well. But I'm talking about why is it so hard to receive compliments, receive help, receive your innate worthiness and enoughness without having to strive for it or earn it. We're also going to talk about how putting yourself first is not selfish. How prioritizing yourself is an act of service to the people you care about most and how when you open yourself up to receive, you give others such a gift. Receiving is an act of service. And sometimes that's something that can take a lot of practice, but we gotta start with changing our mindset around it. So you ready? Let's go. Do you ever feel like you know all the diet rules about eat this, but not that, and so you know what to do, but you just have a hard time actually doing it? I'm here to tell you, you are not the problem. Hi, I'm Lizzie. Welcome to the Confident Body Podcast, where we talk about all the mental and emotional parts of weight loss that diets don't tell you. It's time to step past the shame and the guilt from old diets and stop feeling like you're waiting to lose weight in order to fully participate in life. If you're ready to drop the diet mindset and learn what it takes to truly feel happy and confident in your own skin, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Well, hi there. Welcome back. Thank you so much for being here today. As always, I so, so much appreciate you being here and your time and attention. Let's dive right in. So I'm actually going to start off today's episode with a story. So it was September of 2021. And I was on the phone with my cousin. And he, I could tell he I had never heard him so upset. And I could even hear that he was beginning to cry. And he said to me, with just this anguish, Lizzie, what if we have to plan a funeral? And I said, I'm tossing my clothes in a bag. I will be there in five hours. So with that dramatic intro, let me give you some background and some context. So um, my aunt has always been very special to me. Um, I grew up spending lots of time at my cousin's house. We were climbing trees and we were playing baseball in the yard and playing hide to go seek and beating each other up and, you know, all the, the fun things that kids do, right? But so I spent a lot of time, um, you know, just being amidst my cousins and my aunt um, when I was growing up. And so she was always kind of taking care of the family. And now as an adult, I could see that she was always sacrificing herself for what everyone else needed. 
And, you know, as a nine-year-old, I didn't notice it. But now I'm like, wow, she really put everyone else first. When the group of us kids got a little older, she um, actually went to work with uh, my uncle at his office. It was a, he, they owned a small business and basically she helped make the business run better and she quickly became indispensable. Um, but she always wanted to be an interior designer uh, and that was definitely not what the small business was about. And so she never did it. She never followed her dreams. First, she was taking care of the kids, then she was taking care of the office and years passed. And she never allowed herself to be the one who needed anything. She always put others first, second, and third. I I mean, she wouldn't even allow herself to cry. And over time, I found that she found other ways to handle stress, like not always taking super great care of herself and, you know, whether it was stress or other things. And it began to take a toll on her body. To the point where we found ourselves in 2021 and she needed surgery for something. And then there was a complication that came up. And due to that complication, she was now in the ICU. From that trip, I spent a couple of days down there with my uncle and my cousins. And um, happily, she came out of the ICU. She's doing so much better. We're so grateful for that. But when I drove home from that specific trip, I found myself thinking, gosh, you know, what a shame. She spent her whole life putting others first and herself last to the point that her dreams paid the price, to to the point that her body paid the price. And here she was at the time on the brink of the afterlife. And what a shame that she never let herself be important to her. We do this all the time. We put caring for ourselves at the end of our to-do list. And it feels, you know, worthy. It feels almost noble sometimes. We tell ourselves, you know, I'll take care of myself when the kids are older or, you know, when the holidays slow down or when the laundry is done. And there's always a reason. But when we do that, we're actually doing a huge disservice, not only to ourselves, but also to the people we love and care about the most. So let me explain what I mean. So real quick, another story. Um, There was a time when um, my kids were small and my husband was on deployment and I was, you know, as a, as a military wife, you take care of all the things. And there's a certain pride in being able to like handle everything. Even when it's a mess, it's like, I can do it. It's okay. And um, I was running a little ragged and I was teaching fitness um, a couple times a week and I'd gotten a cold. It was, it was winter time and this cold just wouldn't go away. And I kept going and I kept going and I felt like the cold was getting better. And so I was like, okay, I can push a little bit. And Boy, I remember waking up one Saturday morning. I was like, oh my God, this cold is back. And I just, I can't, I just, I need help. And my parents were about eight hours away. They were basically a flight away. But my husband's parents were only a three hour drive away. And so I called them and asked them to come and watch watch the kids so that I could go to the urgent care and just have a doctor's appointment because I needed some antibiotics like big time. And so they dropped everything and they came and they were such a huge help. And I realized that as as hard as it was for me to ask for help, because again, like there's a certain amount of pride in being able to handle it all. I It was a blessing to them to give them the opportunity to help. They felt great because they genuinely helped me when I needed it. And, you know, maybe this is not something that's unique to military spouses, but there's definitely a sense of like, I have to be able to take care of everything. So, so many of us 
are reluctant to ask for help. But we're happy to give help, right? Why, why, is it, why do we like to help? Well, because helping feels good. I mean, we are literally wired to, wired to want to help. It's in our nature as social animals that we get a neurological reward when we help because that strengthens the bonds of the tribe. And together we are better. We are stronger. We are more likely to be able to survive as an individual, as a family, as a community, as a species when we help each other. So let's, let's kind of dissect this a little bit. Let's go back to the beginning. Why are we so bad at receiving? And again, receiving is not just about receiving gifts. I mean, some of, the, some of us are great at receiving gifts, some of us not so much, but this is more about why is it so hard for us to receive help? Why is it so hard for us to allow ourselves to receive the gift of being first on our priority list? So whether it's help or compliments, we are generally not great at accepting those things. Why? Well, actually, lots of reasons. We're going to talk about four specifically. So number one, when it comes to compliments, society tells us this, particularly when we were little, that it's arrogant to think highly of yourself. So somewhere along the line, we've all been put in our place somewhere when we got a little too big for our britches. And that hurts. So we learn to hide a little bit. We learn to dim our light because our subconscious mind takes that experience and turns it into a belief that says it is dangerous to shine too bright. If you stand too tall, you become a target. And so we learn it's not okay to think real highly of, of yourself. It's not okay to put yourself first because other people don't like that. It, it's, not, it's not what's done. It's not ladylike. So number two, second reason why we're bad at receiving is sometimes denying ourselves in service of others can become sort of like a currency. Like the more we help others first and ourselves last, the more we earn our enough. In other words, the more I do, the more I am worthy, the more I am valuable. Have you ever felt that way? I know I have, especially when the kids were little and I wasn't working. You know, my husband was the sole uh, income bringer or earner, I should say. And so I would ask myself, this is again, kind of subconscious below the surface, but I would kind of wonder, what am I doing to support this family? So I got to do something. And so the more I do around here, around the home, the more the scales are even. And so we get this, the sense of like, I've got to do, do, do to earn feeling enough. And what's so dastardly and, and un, unfair about that to ourselves is that the, the counter, the clock, the scoreboard resets at zero every single morning. It's like, it doesn't matter what I did yesterday, tomorrow morning, I'm starting at zero. Ouch. Number three, the third reason why it's hard for us to receive is because there can be a little twinge sometimes of a little bit of martyrdom hidden in there. Like, I do so much for this family and no one else does anything. I'll just be over here slaving away for you people while no one appreciates me. I mean, I know I've never felt that way, but maybe somebody hypothetically, you know, asking for a friend type of thing. Yeah, no, I've completely done that. But then if somebody actually does offer help, that's not okay because then I lose my victim card. I'm like, no, 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 I'm, I'm over here playing the martyr. You don't get to help me because I'm doing everything, but you're supposed to feel guilty about it. So if somebody 
does offer to help, then I'm no longer able to hold that over them and feel justified in my righteous service of helping everyone else and doing all the things and keeping it all together by myself. You know, it's a teensy bit of a little bit of a Wonder Woman complex. Um, Yeah, I've been, I've been working on it, we'll just say. So the fourth reason why it is hard for us to receive is what about when it comes to receiving help? So like my example of being reluctant to reach out to my in-laws for help when I was sick, why is it so hard to ask for help? Well, because asking for help makes us vulnerable. Relying on someone else can be really scary. We're saying, when we ask for help, we're saying, I don't have this all figured out. I might not be able to handle everything on my own. And then here's the worst part. What does that mean about me? Receiving help can be really scary because of what we make it mean about ourselves. We make it mean I am weak. We make it mean I am a hot mess. I don't have this figured out. I don't know what I'm doing. We make it mean I am not enough. So no wonder we're not so great at receiving the gift of allowing ourselves to be first on our priority list. But so how do we turn this around? How, how do we do so in a way that does give ourselves the gift of receiving? So first of all, let's bust one of the big roadblockers to, uh, in, the, in the first place. Putting yourself first is not selfish. It is selfless. So don't label putting yourself first or putting yourself high on your priority list to get in a workout, to you know, take time to meal plan, to whatever, to get some sleep. Don't label that as selfish because if you label it as selfish, nobody wants to turn into something they don't like in order to do the things they think they're supposed to do. Let me say that again. Nobody wants to turn into something they don't like in order to do the things they think they're supposed to do. So if you think that, that allowing yourself to get some rest, allowing yourself to get a workout, allowing yourself to make time to meal plan is something you're supposed to do that would actually help you feel good and healthy and confident in your skin in the long run, don't call that selfish because nobody wants to turn into that. And your subconscious mind is not going to allow you to make time for those things if you label it as selfish. Number two, a minute ago I said, Putting yourself first is not selfish, it is selfless. Why? How? Well, when you take care of you, who benefits other than you? I think a lot of people. Number one, you're probably more pleasant with your spouse, so your relationship benefits. Number two, you're more pleasant with your kids. You're a more present mom. You are more rational, less screaming. You're probably more able to plan ahead for their, their nutrition. And also when you take time for yourself that you're not actually doing things for them, you are empowering them to figure things out on their own. You are giving them the gift and the strength to say, yeah, I, I am teaching you to be a human that you can you know, take care of yourself. Here's a mini example of where you can step into that today. I had a good friend who would t- say, when um, uh, one of her kids wanted something and she, you know, wasn't able to give it to them or like purposely wasn't helping them. She's like, I'm helping you by not helping you. Lean into that. How are you helping your family 
by not helping them. You are empowering them to be stronger, to step into their strengths and rely on themselves. And you're helping yourself show up the way you want to be. So by putting yourself first, by allowing yourself to be your priority, and I use that in the singular because there are no such thing as priorities, your first priority is taking care of you. That makes you better for everyone else in your life. So taking care of you, putting yourself as a priority is not selfish. It is selfless. So that, that may sound great. And you're like, okay, intellectually, I get that. But that's kind of hard for me to just like, turn on a dime and change my thoughts around that. So here are two thoughts to kind of help you with that. So when you're thinking about, okay, I want to get some more sleep, or I want to get up early and work out. Um, but then I won't be able to fill in the blank, or have time to do those things for my family. Give yourself this sentence. Here are the things I'm going to do so that I can be a better whatever, wife, mom, person for fill in the blank. So it's not I'm taking care of me and taking away from somebody else. It's that I'm taking care of me so that I can be better for them. I can be a better wife for my husband. I can be a better mom for my kids. I can be a better daughter for my parents. Here are the things I'm going to do for me so that I can be better for them. And then the second thought is a lot of times we think about it, well, it's either me or them. It's a trade-off. No, it's a net positive. It's instead of me or them, it's me and them. Because I am taking care of me, I am also taking care of them. I want you to think of it this way too. What you want, wants you. There's a great book titled that, by the way. What you want, wants you. Think of it like a mother and a baby. So when uh, you know, a mother, the, the baby wants milk and the mother's body wants to release the milk. It's a win-win. They are both served and nourished by each other. God wants you to feel that way too. God wants you to receive the gift of allowing yourself to be worthy, of a feeling enough, of allowing yourself to receive help. What you want, wants you. Both are nourished. We just need to feel worthy enough to receive it. We get the life we think we deserve. We get the life we believe we are worthy of. You want a different life? Change your level of self-worth. And by the way, if you were able to do that, just out of curiosity, what would you free yourself up to do or create or enjoy if you did allow yourself to receive? If you did allow yourself to feel worthy and enough, if you did allow yourself to be the priority in your life, maybe you'd write that book. Maybe you'd pursue a career as an interior designer like you always wanted to. Maybe you would free yourself up just to take a moment and appreciate how gorgeous this life is. Giving yourself this gift is supposed to feel good. While we're talking about sharing the gifts that you have within you with the world, if you, if you take the time, if you allow yourself to lean into your passion, your desire, like putting yourself as a priority, and I want to be an interior designer, or whatever it is, 
giving your, your gift, giving sharing of the gifts that you're given is supposed to feel good. We are not necessarily supposed to hide that light under a basket. It's supposed to feel good because what brings you joy brings other people joy too. Have you ever had that thing that you love to do and found that it brought someone else joy too? Like maybe it's teaching or painting or singing. What brings you joy brings others joy too. It is supposed to be shared. You are supposed to share your gifts with the world instead of putting yourself last at the bottom of your to-do list. Who are you not to bring that gift into the world? Who are you to withhold the gift that you are made for because you don't feel like you're worthy? Remember, you are a masterpiece, a piece of the master. We just need to allow ourselves to let that sink in and treat ourselves as such. Okay, you ready for your tiny confident body action step for, the, for this week to put into practice? This one's going to be interesting. We'll see, is it easy for you or hard for you? I'll be curious. So this week, your tiny confident body action step is I want you to ask for help. It could be something really small, like help unloading the dishwasher, or maybe something a little bigger, like ask for help with the kids so that you can have an hour to yourself. Um, now remember, try not, and, and I'm just speaking to myself here as well, try not to add any passive aggressive, like it sure would be nice if, fill in the blank, um, just, just give a straight up ask. Can you help me with X, please? Now, sometimes the recipient of the ask might need a little background information or an explanation of why it would mean a lot to you to get help on this thing. Like, for example, when I ask my daughter for something and she just does it, but my son is the kind of kid that's like, you got to tell me why, like, why do I need to do this? And um, so sometimes it helps to just give a little context uh, you know, so-and-so, would you please help me unload the dishwasher? Because that would make me feel like you're contributing and it would really give me a break and it would make me feel amazing, whatever it is. So that is my challenge to you. Ask for help. And then very important, allow yourself to receive that gift of support, of time, of grace, of worthiness. No telling yourself, well, I should be doing something productive or I should X, Y, Z. None of that. Just receive it. Receive the fact that you are enough without having to earn it. Your only job is to receive it. Okay. So if there is anything in this episode that has helped you today, I would love it if you would think of one person that could benefit from it too. You know, share it with your sister, share it with your mom, share it with your friend that you meet for coffee. And while you're at it, it would be amazing if you could take 30 seconds and write a quick review of the podcast that helps other people find the podcast and helps other people feel a little bit less alone. And like, maybe I'm not the problem. And maybe there is hope that I can feel confident in my body too. And of course, please check out my book. There's an entire chapter. It's pretty early in the book. I think it's chapter two. That's called How to Feel Enough is such a big deal. So please go check out my book, You Are a Miracle, uh, available on Amazon. And before we go, remember, love yourself. Because sometimes the hardest act of receiving is to receive your own love for yourself. But that's the most important piece of all. All right, thank you so much. That is what I've got for you this week. I'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening today. 
If you're feeling like maybe you're ready to take what you're learning here on the podcast to the next level, then let's work together. Everyone has a unique story and unique challenges, and there is no one size fits all program that works for everyone. We can co-create the goals and accountability that work specifically for you so that you can feel free of all the mind chatter around your body and start feeling confident in your skin. And most importantly, stop waiting to participate in life until after you lose weight. Listen, you were created for a reason. God does not make mistakes. You have something special and unique that only you can bring to the world. If you'd like to explore what that might look like for you, please go to my website and schedule a free call at confidentbody.coach. <laughs> or if you're an introvert like me and you just like us to get to know each other a little bit, then send me an email at lizzie at confidentbody.coach. Remember, the world needs what only you can bring. So don't wait. We're counting on you. You are a miracle. So shine your light today.